Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. Now today's episode, we're going to tackle three really, really, really good questions. One from email, one from YouTube, one from Facebook. And we're going to survey a whole slew of different topics, one including buying property in Canada. How about questions about a W-9 and a 401k, and then talking about creating a charity with an IRA. So some interesting questions. So thanks, Barry, producer, for putting these things, these questions together for me. And uh, let's get right to it. So question number one is from email. Can I use my IRA to purchase property in Canada with an LLC? So the short answer is yes. 49.75 of the Internal Revenue Code section 408 are the two provisions that tell you what you cannot do with an IRA. It doesn't tell you what you can do, just what you cannot. So long as you're not buying life insurance, collectibles like art, and doing any transaction that's deemed a prohibited transaction under 4975, such as a self-dealing, buying a house and living in it, conflict of interest, investing in your own business, or a business involving yourself or a disqualified person, parent, child, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities, controlled by such persons, you can do it. So in sum, you can do pretty much anything with your IRA other than life insurance, collectibles, or any transaction between your IRA and a disqualified person, which is essentially you and your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, as well as any entities controlled 50% or more by such person. So yes, you can buy real estate in Canada. Generally, you're going to either want to buy the property if you buy it in Canada, through um, a US entity. Some clients like to set up a Canadian entity to hold that property. Um, It's generally up to you. Um, You'll want to open a bank account in Canada. So in some cases, um, you'll want to use a local entity because it's much easier to open up a bank account in Canada with with a localized entity. Um, Then the next thing is you're going to have uh, bank account reporting responsibilities, uh, potentially if you have um, assets over 10 grand, although there are exemptions for IRAs and 401ks under the FBAR rules, um, but you're just going to want to pay attention to that. Also, if you have a U.S. person that owns more than 50% of a foreign corporation, that elites is a 10% shareholder, you may violate what's called the CFC, the Control Foreign Corporation Rules, which will require you to file a CFC return, even though no taxes do. So these are some of the um, elements that come into um, to play when you're seeking to invest in a foreign jurisdiction like Canada. Um, that's on top of any localized Canadian tax rules, uh, property taxes, um, as well as provincial or federal taxes on income or, or sale of an asset in Canada. So it gets a little bit more complex when you're looking to buy real estate in a foreign jurisdiction. Um, obviously in the US it's easier because from a federal tax standpoint, there's no federal tax. Uh, most states won't, won't tax you on a state um, uh, element of uh, income uh, other than property taxes it's, it's generally much cleaner and easier to operate than a foreign jurisdiction 
Um, so that's something just to keep in mind. Obviously, also you're in a foreign jurisdiction, so that means uh, enforcing your rights against a tenant um, is obviously could be a little more costly because um, you're dealing with foreign uh, attorneys and, and the rules in a foreign jurisdiction. So just keep in mind, a lot of my clients will, if they do foreign real estate, they'll do it through uh, an end, a partnership investment fund type arrangement, which uh, is a little bit easier, more passive than actually buying the property yourself through a foreign entity. But you can do it. Again, there's a, a slew of clients, a uh, group of clients that do it that way. They set up a Canadian entity. They fund the Canadian entity through the IRA LLC and they own the real estate in a Canadian entity and then you know, pay local taxes. And generally on a capital gains, you can repatriate the income to the United States uh, without uh, further tax other than any Canadian uh, tax. So that's the stuff to keep in mind. There's unfortunately no tax credit um, when you pay tax in Canada because the IRA is not a taxpayer. So that's a potential disadvantage as well. Whereas if you own the property personally, you pay tax in Canada, you get a tax credit for what you paid in Canada offset any U.S. tax on that on that income from that uh, asset. So it's a little bit more complex. It's still doable, uh, still could be a viable and attractive investment, uh, but you need to be cautious of the local provincial tax, uh, and in this case, Canadian federal taxes that, that could be applied to the asset. So thanks for that question. Second question from YouTube. If I make an investment in my solo K and the investment asks for a W-9, what type of entity am I look, checking off? Is it other? So a W-9, just to uh, summarize, is basically a form that certifies that you're a U.S. taxpayer. Why is that important? Because if you certify you're a U.S. taxpayer, there's, not, there's no backup withholding, which is a 30% tax. So for example, if you're a uh, Cayman company or a resident of a country with no tax treaty, um, technically, any income that comes from the U.S. to that jurisdiction will be subject to a 30% U.S. withholding tax. Why? IRS wants to make sure they can grab that money, right? If they're sending the money to a jurisdiction with no treaty, let's say, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Zimbabwe or you know some country where there's no tax treaty with the U.S., if there's no withholding tax, there's the risk that they'll never see that tax revenue ever again because... You know, you're a, you're a citizen of Zimbabwe or, or some other country with no tax treaty and good luck uh, IRS getting that money back. So they like to at least grab 30% off the top. You can then file a return seeking a refund, but at least they have the money up front. A W-9 tells the IRS treasury that, hey, leave us alone. We're a U.S. taxpayer. We're going to pay our tax um, butt out. So uh, it's a simple form. A couple things to keep in mind with a solo K. You generally put the plan line one. Um, then you're going to check a box. You're generally going to check other and put 401k plan. Um, for the exempt payee code under four, generally put one. And if you're doing, um, you know, if you're worried about any foreign reporting, you can put A under uh, FATCA reporting. You just put the address, you'll put the EIN of the plan, and you'll sign as a trustee. So super, super easy. Just remember, you'll check other and just write 401k um, plan. And that will uh, let the IRS know that it's a U.S. taxpayer and they don't have to bother you with the 30% backup uh, withholding. Third and final question of the day or the week, I should say. It's from Facebook. And um, my wife and I each have a self-directed IRA and formed an LLC. Okay, so you have an LLC with two IRAs, partnership. We want to create a 501c3 charity under the LLC in the same state as LLC is registered. Well, technically... When you set up a 501c3 charity, um, it's generally not something an IRA 
will start. IRA can't really make contributions to a charity unless you're over 72, and you can then contribute directly $100,000 as satisfaction of a requirement of distribution. But if you're not 72, an IRA cannot contribute to a charity. So the way you would have to do this, you'd have to technically take a distribution from the IRA and then personally make the charitable contribution. Um, you'll get the deduction, but you'll also potentially pay tax and maybe a 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half when you uh, move the money out of the IRA to a personal account. So you're just gonna have to weigh that transition, you know, tax potentially 10% penalty on the IRA distribution and then the, the deduction for the charitable contribution to the 501c3. But in general, an IRA can't really set up a charity, um, generally set up by individuals. And again, if, if you're under 72, you can't make a direct IRA charitable contribution. Um, so that, that's not gonna work. So I would probably look to do this personally. If you're under 72, you probably wanna keep your IRA out of this mixture. You can have a 401, a 501c3 can set up a 401k for its employees, but I think that's a little bit different what you're uh, asking. You're asking about the IRA investing in a charity, and you don't really invest in a charity, right? The, the charity is set up, there is a board, um, but generally when you liquidate the charity, it needs to go to exempt purposes. It doesn't go to the people that set it up. Generally, when you file um, for a charity, and you're gonna liquidate that charity, the money, all the leftover money needs to go to an exempt charity based off your exempt purpose. So let's say you set up a charity uh, to help low-income people uh, save for retirement, and after 10 years, you just wanna move on, and the charity's got an extra 100 Gs, you'll have to <laughs> donate that 100,000 bucks to other charities. You can't just put in your pocket. That's, that's not allowed. Plus the charities file a 990, so the IRS has information. But nothing um, wrong with thinking about setting up a charity. It's um, you know, very kind and gratuitous to, um, to wanna do this. It's just in an IRA is probably not the right form, especially if you're under 72, you're not going to be able to make an IRA contribution directly to a charity. Then you need to weigh uh, the tax ramifications of doing a distribution, which is, taxable if it's a pre-tax IRA plus 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half and then getting the deduction for making that personal contribution to the charity uh, versus just using other uh, sources of funds to make the charitable contribution to help the charity uh, get started. But great question. Really appreciate it. Uh, a little bit out of the ordinary. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, that's it. Nice, uh, fun, short, sweet ad mail um, episode for you. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, if you have questions, shoot them in by YouTube at IRA Financial. Uh, it's probably our best uh, source of information if you're looking for more info on self-directed retirement accounts. We drop three podcasts, five videos, plus a YouTube live generally every Wednesday, noon Eastern time. And don't worry if you miss it, because if you subscribe, uh, it will be there. You can just watch it anytime you want the beauty of YouTube. Uh, you could also hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, even LinkedIn, or you can send us an email at info financial. Just say ad mail or ask Adam and they'll get to me. Don't worry. I got probably a hundred plus in queue, but I promise I'll get to your question. And if they're really good, I'll uh, push it to the front of the line. Don't worry. Um, otherwise, have a, a wonderful holiday season. Um, thanks for spending some time with me today and I will talk to everyone again next week. Take care. Thank you.